It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 12th of December, a little 12-12. We'll go into the time machine Tuesday to wrap it up, but first, they just simply have to play better. But what are the other options for Quinn Snyder to alter the lineup to try to fix the struggles that the starters are having? We'll dig into all of it coming up on this edition of Locked On Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Thanks so much for tuning in to Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, behind-the-curtains look, and geeky numbers all along the way. Thanks so much uh, for tuning in. Today's show brought to you by our friends over at Murdoch Hyundai at 4646 South State Street. From the crew over at Grip6, a Utah belt company that's way taking over the nation, or at least all of Salt Lake. As well as our friends over at Stevens Henniger College. All right, let's dig right into it immediately. As I said, today's show, we will look at uh, the star- struggles of the starting lineup and try to give you what the options uh, for Quinn Snyder are. Okay, let's get to the undeniable statistics just for a second to start it out. And they're not good. Uh, the starting lineup that the Jazz are using with Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert and Ricky Rubio and Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles thus far are being outscored by 32 points per 100 possessions, uh, an 82 offensive rating, and 113 defensive rating. It's ugly. The offense, while they're on the floor, is shooting 39% from the floor and 29% from three. Okay? So that's it's, it's a completely legitimate discussion. I think that's uh, the first and foremost here uh, that has to be addressed, is that this is a legitimate discussion. Digging in, what people are zeroing in on, myself included, is the combination of favors, Gobert and Rubio might be the struggle. They are per, for in 227 minutes. They are minus 17 per 100 possessions. And their offensive rating is an 89, and their defensive rating is a 107. So that's, that's not good. Uh, and the same thing you'll see is just that offensively, that group is, is struggling. 41% from the field, 32% from three, and much less shooting of threes uh, when they're out there. Okay, you could, those are, you're cherry picking slightly. Um, You could probably try to find some other numbers to prove something else if you wanted to, but I think those are the most common. Uh, When Joe Ingles is out there with Rubio and Favors, it's not great. Uh, In fact, we've got a a little bit of a disturbing thing going on that our 10 most commonly used three-man groups are all considerably negative. And somehow 13 and 14. So, we, before we dig through, this is kind of my theme of the week, before we dig into, well, do you, what do you do about Rubio? Do you something about favors? Do you something about Gobert? Let me go back and, I went back and watched the Houston 
quarter of disaster and the Milwaukee first quarter. So the Houston quarter of disaster, honestly, I, I kind of just left. I, I could psych, I could overanalyze it. I have the notes. I'm going to just, in the sake of kind of time and um, it's a, it, it was a terrible matchup as much as anything, frankly. Um, Ryan Anderson got hot from three. On those plays, it's not a great comfort zone for favors to head all the way out there. Um, it's kind of that's just the definition. I mean, Harden opens it up with a with a deep three. Anderson hits a three to follow that. Harden hits another three, um, and I think he might have been fouled on that play. And, and, and now you're down 14, right? The Jazz actually get it back to 10, and, and the Rockets are just great. And then Anderson hits a three. It it it, it was a bloodbath uh, to start that third quarter, but really because of the Rockets. So I went to the Milwaukee game is the one I want to use to analyze. And I'm going I'm to walk you through a little bit of it here. And the lineup is not great, as the numbers would show. But they also played really badly. Like, there's some level here where the answer to this question by the end, I think, is for this group to play better. I'm not sure that this group is one you want out there for 30 minutes a night. But it's not a group that can't play a certain amount of minutes a night. So the first possession of the night, they execute it perfectly on the offensive end. It gets a favors corner three. Okay, so that's not great. He makes it. And a little bit to the point of the lineup, like, okay, there's perfectly executed play. Milwaukee overshifts incredibly. Favors corner three. It's not a play you really want. Okay, play number two is a pick and roll on the good ball movement into a pick and roll on the right side of the floor. The floor is open. You've got exactly what you want. You got Mitchell coming in the middle. You got Gobert rolling on an open side, and Mitchell's bounce pass goes out of bounds. It's like it's a turnover. Donovan throws a not great pass. Rudy doesn't quite get open, depending on how you look at it. Uh, Donovan's bounce pass never comes up. It's it wasn't great. Okay, the next play. But that's not that doesn't have anything to do with the lineup. Okay, so that's that that to me goes into the play better category. The next play, Donovan drives and favors interferes with the ball on its way out of the cylinder. Donovan got to the rim, missed the layup, brought defenders to him, offensive rebound. Frankly, if this lineup's gonna be successful, it's gonna have to offensive rebound a little bit. But that's that's a play better. That's that's a don't touch the ball in the cylinder. Rubio, on the next play, comes down and throws a pass just lazily to the top without any ball fake, anything. Adekumbo jumps it because we throw that pass every possession. A lack of awareness around him, and Adekumbo takes it the other way for a fast break. Okay? That's just play. That's bad. That doesn't matter who's on the floor. Defensively, now we have a bad closeout in the corner that leads to a basket, and now it's a six to three game. The next offensive play is a late shot clock. The Jazz get into the shot clock a little later than they should. They don't come up with quite the urgency that they that you'd like to see them come up with. Donovan Mitchell gets blocked by Henson, and you know what? This one's a little bit of the lineup. Henson is favors man. He's sagging off him. The pick and roll was with Gobert. 
and Henson, who's long, is playing down there. Adukumbo's guarding Gobert, and so they're hiding Henson. They're hiding Adukumbo on Gobert, and they're playing Henson in the middle, basically in a zone, and he blocks Donovan. It's also the uniqueness in Milwaukee's defense that they can do that. But that one is definitely one where uh, the defense defense hurts. Next play, same thing. Okay, Favors takes a contested corner three. Henson clogs up the entire play, sitting in the middle. So here we've got two where, you know what, it's not play better. It's this lineup struggles. Next possession, great ball movement. They work at it. They get the ball to Favors for a baseline floater. It's not a high percentage shot, but it's a good shot. And they score. Rubio Favors pick and roll on the next play. Great pass by Rubio. Game's still close, by the way. It's 8-5 at this point. Maybe 10-5. Great. Rubio pick and roll to Favors. Favors goes to him. Great block by Henson. I don't think this is when I had to do the lineup. I think that's just John Henson's now engaged. He's playing great. On the flip side, Ingles doesn't switch at all. Jazz switch. Ingles doesn't make the switch, and Henson gets a dunk. Okay, now it's 12-5, but that's a terrible defensive play. You're on Favors, bad shot. You gave up a transition the other way, which you could put on both ways. But now it's 12-5. The next possession is... Joe hasn't gotten a shot yet and takes one that comes pretty close to a my turn. Uh, Ten on the shot clock. Neither of the guys went under on the pick. He still takes the three quickly. We all want him to shoot more. He did exactly what you want right there. If you want him to shoot more. Um, But pretty quick shot, a little uncharacteristic. Ten on the shot clock. I mean, there's just some time to work there. Uh, The only thing is I would say is Rudy's rolling and probably available, but that's getting Rudy the ball up. 12 feet, which isn't great, and Henson is clogging the middle. So there's a little bit of both on that one. Uh, Really bad defensive possession to follow where Peyton drives by a cut, uh, a closeout. Gobert cuts him off. Rubio and Favors are just kind of hanging out in the middle of no man's land without guarding anyone. Giannis cuts to the basket for a dunk. Um, doesn't really match. The next play, so now you're down 14 to 5. Now you're getting your ass kicked. And there's a little bit of both here. Some really bad play. And there's some aspects of where this lineup struggles. And maybe Ingles 3 is a frustration of that. The next play, Donovan drives, and it's the ultimate the lineup doesn't work play. Donovan drives in the middle of the lane. They leave Rubio. They leave Favors. He dri- Now, with that said, no ball movement at all before this play starts. So Milwaukee, who has incredible length, is a good defensive team, has their feet set. Everyone's sagging off their guy. Donovan comes on a semi-pick and roll and just goes right in the middle of the lane. Not, it just wasn't who we are. And it doesn't work. Donovan misses the shot. Rubio's in the right corner. He doesn't get back defensively. Bledsoe just outruns him to the basket for two free throws. It's now 16-5. to five. So there's, there's a heavy amount of this that is play better. There's no reason to be down 16-5. to five. There's an amount of this that this lineup is cumbersome and difficult, but play better. Keep, you in the, keep yourself in the game. 
I, I, the offensive rebounding rate of the lineup of Rubio, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert, and Derek Favors is 15%. 15%. low, like one of the lowest offensive rebounding rates we have. Like that group should be pounding people on misses. Pounding people. It's not doing it. So there's a there's a lot of different aspects to what's taking place here. But it's there is a certain level of play better. Today's show brought to you in part by Murdoch Hyundai at forty six forty six South State Street. When we talk about the Murdochs, you hear us talk about the no regrets buying experience. And what they mean by that is they're going to do every single thing they can to control the controllables on their end. So, five-day guarantee, free car washes for life, free oil changes, extended hours in the service department, try to make sure that you get what you need. Now, the Hyundai has been an eye-opening experience for me. I've been driving a Hyundai. I drove the Santa Fe, the Tucson, the Ionic. If you're, if, you're, if you're in the market for a hybrid, if you're in the market for a hybrid, do not just automatically go do the Prius. I'm telling you. There's seven left in town. You, you want to go check out the Ionic. It drives fabulously. It's miles per gallon. was up at 50 miles a gallon for a lot of the time that we had it. Sometimes it depended on what went on going up and down the canyon. Uh... And you know, then it was at forty six. Gosh, forbid! Uh, and and drives with with great power. The Santa Fe Sport was a huge eye opener for me. Uh, they had told me a story about guys buying that instead of a Lexus when I first met with the Murdoch family, and to me, I was like, "Yeah, okay." Then I drove it, got it. Every bell, every whistle, smooth drive, great space, heated steering wheels, great stuff. Check it out, Murdoch Hyundai forty six forty six. South State Street. And uh, go say hi to my guy Blake while you're there. Yeah, no, just go in. Tell Blake Murdoch, get out of your office. David Locke says I'm here. Yeah, that would go over well. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple because, let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it. And if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right. Now let's go to the... Um, what are the solutions? So the first one I think people are talking about is break up the favors Gobert 
lineup and 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 have I think you'd have to have Rudy. You could have either Rudy or Derek start. So let's start there. You know, this one's just simple. One guy's a free agent, and the other is signed for five years or four years. Okay, I mean that one's just that's the reality of the business. Um, some people are saying, well, you know, we're better with Derek. Eh. Uh, I think they both have their strengths and weaknesses. I'm not about to get into who's better, who's not. Um, I would point out, we pointed out yesterday that the defense has not been great when Derek's been at center recently. And I think that's something that they, um, has to get rectified for, uh, for the jazz to be, to be good. Uh, the other thing I would point out is the defense has been really good with Rudy. So, um, keep an eye, you know, that's, that's going to take a little bit of, time still the the next thing I would so let let's just I think benching Rudy is, an, is a non-starter okay so let's let's move past that I frankly think that benching Derek's a non-starter too so you're going to go to Derek favors and you're going to say hey by the way I know that you just led us to to a bunch of wins and the team played great and you averaged 16 and 8 and did all these things but, yeah, you know what, we're, we're in, and you're in a free agent year, and you've been pretty loyal to us the whole time. We're not going to start you. God tell you what, that's, that doesn't work for Derek, and frankly, I don't think that would work for the other guys in the locker room either. You know, we don't ever talk about that, but unless it gets just so horrendous, that you have no choice on that. That's not one that I think you want to do for the rest of the locker room or necessarily kind of the players in the league. The The other aspect, if you split these two guys' time, how many minutes are you playing both of them? So if we decide to go small all the time, which we have enough, you know, with Joe Johnson uh, seeming very close to a return, uh, possibly Wednesday in Chicago. He practiced yesterday. And you have Tabo and you have Jonas. We we probably have 48 minutes of small power forwards, and Joe can play a little bit there. But what are you doing with the 48 minutes of center? Are you playing Rudy 30 and now Derek's playing 18? Yeah, that's that's not an option. That, that doesn't – that just doesn't – that's not fair to Derek, and, and it's just not – I mean, I, I don't know if I need to explain why it's not an option. It's not an option. So even the next aspect of it is if you split this and try to start Derek or start Rudy and you're bringing Derek off the bench now, you're now playing at most, you're playing Derek. For, at best, Derek's playing 24 minutes a night and Rudy's playing 24 minutes a night. Now both of them are unhappy. Rudy's got incentives in his contract that, He's supposed to earn certain things. It's a guy who played 30-some-odd minutes a game, 34, 35 minutes a game. Uh, as he gets back and is physically better, uh, he, he's not going to want to go from 34 minutes a game last year to 24 minutes a game this year. It's just, I, I don't know if you're listening to this thinking, well, he should, it's a team. No, no, like, it, you're not going to want to do it either. Don't Don't kid yourself. Favors who's already down at 28 minutes a night, was at 32 two years ago, proved what he can do again at 16 and 8. It's already a bit cumbersome. It's already a bit question of keeping both these guys engaged. If you don't get at least six minutes 
out of that power forward or even 10 minutes out of that power forward center combination, you got both these guys at just 30 minutes a night, which is probably fine. 31, 32 minutes a night is probably fine for them. But 31, 32 minutes a night is still going to be, if Gobert plays 32 at center, there's only 16 available then for Derek at center which he probably, you know, has just shown he can do well. You probably still have to try to at least get Derek 12 minutes a night at power forward. That's hard. So now you're pro- all right, so that's probably more than you want. So now you're now you're already dropping Rudy to 30. You're taking Derek down to 8 minutes of power forward and De- and now Derek's at 26 minutes a night. You're already kind of maneuvering this thing with them starting together and neither of them's getting the minute numbers that they want. Maybe good for their well-being long-term, but that's not what either both of them want. So, honestly, splitting those two is not a common great choice unless it just gets so bad you don't have a choice. But they've also proven they can work at other times before. And I think that's, I think that's important to kind of look at and realize and understand. Okay, so the other choice in here is the idea that you might do something with with Ricky Rubio. And and, bef- and so let's address that. But before we do, let me remind you about our good friends over at Grip6. I just bought it for my dad for Christmas. Uh, the Grip6 belt system is really, really cool. This is a Utah company. Keenan gave me a call, said to me, hey, I'm interested to know if you'd be interested in doing stuff with us. They sent me it, and I've been, I've been blown away. It's, it's really worth checking out. What makes Grip6 so cool is the fact that Grip6 has this belt that you slide in underneath and it has no holes, no loops, just holds, and then you can tighten it perfectly. Actually, we got a really cool email from a guy who was saying that he's actually a little heavier, and this is the this belt is, is fabulous because you put in, when you buy your Grip6 belt, you put in what the size you want. And so it it comes out. Really, really well. I got an email from Dave, who's a uh, Locked On Jazz listener, who said he just loves it. That he, um, let me see if I can find that actually for you. I somehow hit it. About a month ago, uh, Grip Six advertised on their wa- their warehouse sale. I needed a new belt, so I figured I'd stop by. It was so easy. Their belts ran true to size, so I only needed to know my waist size. I bought a black and a brown belt, honeycomb buckle, and love it. I've been blown away with how light the belt is, how well it works. It really doesn't slip. I heard you mention that, but I assumed it would slip a bit, but it doesn't. Functionally, it's the best belt I've ever owned. On top of that, it looks great, and it's great for any occasion from Sunday dress to just chilling with the family. Thank you for the recommendation. And now let's get Grip6 to put a jazz note belt buckle, and they it's a licensing issue, so they can't do it. But that's from Dave North. So check it out. Go to grip6.com. Grip6.com. And lock20 is your promo code. I think there might be a holiday 25 to try. Um, so I'm going to give you guys, I think there might be a better one than lock20. So go to grip6.com and check it out. I think you'll be really, really pleased. Um, I have the carbon fiber, which is probably the one most expensive. You can buy multiple belts, one buckle, multiple buckles, one belt. It's really cool. All right. Ricky Rubio. So let's walk through this one a little bit. Let's. There's two parts to this story. The first question on Ricky Rubio is, are you really done? 
So for those who want to take Ricky Rubio out of the starting lineup, you're, you're really, you're done. You're going to call it 25 games into his Jazz run, 26, that it's over. He is shooting the exact career percentage that he has his entire career, except for his effective field goal percentage is better. He's pretty much being the player for the Jazz, close to the player. Statistically, there's some parts where I've been surprised he hasn't created more opportunities for people. I'm surprised at some of his turnovers. But the things that he's not doing well shooting, we knew. And 26 games in, well, so one of two things. One is you're just 26 games in, it's over. You're, you're done. And, and, and really, to some extent, if you bench him, are you playing him at all? Like, that would be the first question I'd be interested in. For those who want to bench Ricky Rubio, are you playing him at all? The second, but the bigger picture is part of the reason of acquiring Ricky Rubio was a belief in the Jazz developmental system that they could help him become a better shooter and then have him become a better player at just 27 years of age. And if you take him out of the starting lineup, which maybe you're going to have to do, maybe this day is going to come. Again, if things don't improve and they don't play better, then maybe you're going to have to do something. But if if that's the move, you're, you're kind of pulling the plug 20 six games into his run with the Utah Jazz. And that seems pretty early. The And part of this is a concept of trying to get him to develop and see if you can get him to be a better shooter. If you, if you watch him work with Igor Kokoshkov, it's clear he's getting better. Now you've got to find a way for that to actually happen in the game. Now, there's no question, his last five games, he's shooting 27% from the field, 17% from three. So he's scuffling, right? All of a sudden, the last five games, he's averaging six points and four rebounds a game as your starting point guard. That's not good enough. The not getting back on defense, the pass up top, those those things aren't good enough. Got to play better. And... Part of that is challenging him to play better and be better. And then at the same time, allowing him to do it. So there, again, he's got to play better. But I'm not sure that from the big picture, just isolating it on Rubio, that the answer is 26 games into his run, we're calling it. Now, the next question is, who, if you, if you replace Ricky, who are you replacing him with? I mean, very subtly, by the way, he's not closing games. Quinn has used Donovan as the point guard in some very, cre- you know, manageable situations. The, the are you, first question would be Neto, and I just, you know, I love how we'll, I think his, you know, he plays so hard. He's so little. He's having a hard time staying healthy. Uh, I, I don't think he's the answer. 
The other answer is that you decide to start Donovan Mitchell as your point guard. Now, okay, I kind of love it because we all love Donovan, but let's then get some facts in line. One, Donovan's not, he's may become a point guard, but right now he's not there yet. He played eight games of college, nine games of college as a point guard. The player that Donovan reminds me of is a point guard. He, he reminds me of Damian Lillard. Okay, so I, I think there's a chance that this guy becomes a point guard in the NBA. To put him as the point guard right now has two downsides to it that I think are significant that you hold off unless you have to. One is, I think you can really make him struggle. Like, it's a lot to ask him to suddenly run the team, deal with that, play Westbrook, Lillard, these guys every minute of every night. Um, I, I think that they're – and then – kind of run the offense and keep an eye on that. You're, you're just, it's a huge amount. Quinn is using him in circum, this offense is pretty complicated. Quinn's using him in astute circumstances. Okay, so that's the first one. I think you you could really impede him. Now, there, there might be a point that if this season gets away from us, and we're going to lose a lot of games coming up here, so when the season, that doesn't mean in December, that means in February, March, that you might you know, close the season doing it more and more for the final 14 games or something of that sort. The second one is I do think that if you were to turn the team over to Donovan Mitchell as the point guard, you're tossing the season. Okay? And the reference point I'm going to use on this is the Portland Trailblazers of 2012-2013 with Damian Lillard, who's a terrific player. So Damian Lillard at that point was 22 years old. He had played four years of point guard at Weber State. And he started 82 games a year playing 39 minutes a night for Portland. And Portland went 33-49 and 49 that year. 33 and 49. Yeah, but who'd they have? Well, they had an all-star in Nicholas Batum. They had an all-star in LaMarcus Aldridge. And Batum's a borderline all-star. But they had, LaMarcus was an all-star at that point. They had Wesley Matthews. And they did start J.J. Hickson, who's not great. But they had three high-level. And that was Matthews pre-ACL, or pre-Achilles. So you have Batum doing an awful lot, probably your version of Joe Ingles, but, you know, frankly, probably better. Not quite as good a shooter, but does a lot more a little longer. LaMarcus Aldridge, who is a better offensive player than anyone on the Jazz right now. And Wesley Matthews, who was pretty solid, 40% three-point shooter. Their bench was lacking. They didn't have the depth. But they won 33 games that year when they turned it over to Dame as the starting point guard. And I, I just, that might be something we get to and, and do realize we're not going to win many games in December. We're favored for like three more games between now. I think we're favored like five of our next 15 games in, in middle of January. So th- there's a lot of losses coming. And then it flips. On January 15th, our schedule just flips. But I think you got to kind of look at that if you were to make that move to some extent, you're tossing the season, and I'm not ready to do that. I think this team still can make the playoffs, and um, I think we're, again, even though we're going to lose a bunch of games coming up here, I still think we can make the playoffs. 
if we can hold it mentally together. So those are the options. The end thesis statement I would have on this is you got to play better. That's that this lineup's not great. I think we showed that early. That it has some issues that clog the floor and make it difficult. But you don't have to be beat twenty-seven to ten by Houston or sixteen to five by Milwaukee. That's not necessary. And that you can then meander around the rest of the game in a better fashion than what we have right now. Be interested to hear your thoughts. All right, time machine. Tuesday is next. We'll go into the bag. The bag's right here. There's the bag. And pull out a year and see what we were doing on December 12th of that year here in a minute. Uh, Are you heading to work today wondering if there's maybe a better option for you out there? Well, Stevens Henniger is built solely for that reason. To help students get a better job sooner. Extremely hard at certain points in life to stay in school. Right? I got it. There are times when it just didn't work out for you. It wasn't the right place. Now, you're probably more mature, maybe better equipped for it, and Stevens Henniger is here to help you. Classes start every month. Fast-paced, four-week classes. You're probably talking about 10 hours a week of class. Built for success. They've got a neat thing. They've got what they call their three-week dating period. Where you have an ability to try it, see what their support is. They get to check you out, see if you're going to work for them. And you can do it for three weeks for no cost at all. Financial planner will meet with you at the very, very beginning so there's no hidden costs. And this is an opportunity for you to open up new opportunities. They've got a career placement staff, whether it's computer networking, computer programming, business, HR, whatever it might be. Maybe it's Steven Seneca with their small classes, their narrow focus, and their support are the people to help you take the next step in your career. Text keyword to eight. 8- 8588. That's keyword to 88588 or visit youineducation.com. Steven Seniger, keyword 88588. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. Time Machine Tuesday. Here we go. What is Time Machine Tuesday? It is the 2012-13 season. That's like only five years ago, Time Machine. That's not very exciting. Let's go see what we had going on. We go to the Utah Jazz, December 12th of the 12-13 season. I was even the radio voice. 
<clears throat> that makes it much less fun. Searching. The 12-13 season, so this would be 2012. Oh, this is the Ty Corbin controversy. Should we be trying to win? Should we be trying to lose season? This was this was, these were tough days for us. All right, December twelfth, we played the San Antonio Spurs at home. We won our fourth in a row to go to ninety. We win at ninety nine ninety six. So the Spurs was just their fifth loss of the season. We. Tony Parker, Gary Neal, Tim Duncan, Danny Green, Dwan Blair, Manu Ginobili, Boris Diaw, Tiago Splitter, Matt Bonner, Nando DiCola, who's actually played really well in Europe. Corey Joseph, what did the Jazz have? The Jazz started Mo Williams at point guard. Almost forgot we ever had Mo Williams as point guard. Mo Williams played 32 minutes. Our starting two guard was Randy Foy, who I once made the comment to the Distress of SLC Dunk might have a better career than Alec Burks, and people went crazy. I might have been right. Uh, Mar- uh, we started Marvin Williams as the three, Paul Millsap as the four, and Al Jefferson as the five. We bought, brought Gordon Hayward off the bench that night. He had 19.7 rebounds and six assists. The rest of our bench was Earl Watson, Damari Carroll, Ennis Canner, and Derek Favors. Oh, this was in the midst of it. Millsap played 36 minutes. Favors had 12 minutes. Jefferson played 36 minutes. Canner played 12 minutes. We probably beat the Spurs and fans were unhappy. Millsap had a great day. He had 24 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists. Al Jefferson in 35 minutes was somehow minus 1. Derek played 12 minutes, was minus 8 in replacing Millsap. I wonder if we coupled him with Favors. And we won it. By the final score of 99-96. Let's go back. Let's go to the fourth quarter play-by-play and see what fun things happened in our Tuesday time machine. Oh, that's the Mo Williams three to win it. Mo Williams brings it up, dribble 25, and just bomb the three to win it. 1.3 seconds left. We call the timeout. Uh, uh, Marvin Williams, I remember this. Marvin Williams missed a shot. Or Mo Williams missed a shot, I think. Uh... And then Millsap gets an offensive rebound, and we take a timeout. And then Mo Williams hits the three dagger win. Some of you probably already had that. You're better than I am. Pretty good game. The Al Jefferson hit a little wheezy shot with 147 left. Danny Green came back and tied it, took the lead at 96-94. Millsap hit an 11-footer to make it 40 uh, with 40 seconds left. Tony Parker missed with 31.9 seconds left. We ran a play down to the final seconds. Mo missed a three from 25 feet. Millsap offensive rebound. Then out of the timeout, we got it done. Spurs led the entire fourth quarter. We tied it at 73. And the Spurs led as by as many as five, six, when Gary Neal hit a three and six when Tim Duncan was six minutes left and the Jazz worked their way back. That team, I think, ended up making the playoffs, didn't it? So, nice work by the Jazz on that night. Gordon Hayward had eight fourth-quarter points along with five rebounds and three assists to carry the Jazz 
to that December 12th, 2012 win in our Tuesday time machine. Thanks for tuning in to today's Locked on Jazz, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Hope you're doing great. Have a super day. Hi, guys. This is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.